Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts, and you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. You can DM us there. You can use the cell phone on there to text if you want to be on the show. Listen, guys, I've gotten some feedback recently before I introduce our guest. Yes, this is a show. We are a commentary-based show. We are a conversation-based show. I'm not going to cut it and put fairy tale music to generate false feelings around what the entrepreneurs are saying. That is true in other environments. It's just not true in mine. Mine's, I want the words to have the impact. I want the emotions of the entrepreneur to have the impact. I'm not going to cut it. I'm not going to lay over music to stimulate feeling. I get the purpose of those things. That's just not what I do. It's too complicated for me anyway. Like I just don't want that. I'm trying to get a point, a message. The message does not need to be complicated. It's kiss, keep it simple, stupid. You know, or they can't say that in school anymore. But whatever it is. So like the my point being this. Sorry, I need to turn down my mic a little bit. The my point being this is everything around that we do in your business has to always be scalable. And if I overcomplicate the podcast, I can't release an episode a day based on what what I'm doing right now. Like it would be impossible. Plus do a post, plus the team, plus to find the entrepreneurs to be on the show every day, plus try to schedule part twos and part threes when people cancel. Because part twos and part threes and part fours happen, guys, when the entrepreneurs that are quote unquote disciplined and commitment oriented aren't commitment and discipline oriented and can't seem to get stay on time on the show, which is a differentiator in entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs who say, I'm going to do this and get on are the ones who actually, you can tell in the podcast, are the ones that excel. The ones that are committed even to do multiple parts because they're filling gaps and they're that disciplined where they can time block their time to be like, yeah, I'll help you out, Justin, and thank you, which is a really doing me a favor. It's a big deal. So when people ask me questions or they 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 want things like we're on a mission here to do an episode a day. We're on we have a vision to spread entrepreneurism and freedom and free markets across the world to entrepreneurs everywhere. That's why we have episodes in Palestine and we're working on more in Israel and we're working on them in Australia and we're working on them in Sweden and in UK. It just takes time. Like I've got to build trust and I've got to build relationships with a lot of people because that's just the way the world works in food right now. No one trusts anyone because of how bad the food system is globally. And so, and there's a lot of false people out there, particularly entrepreneurs or consultants or Instagram famous people that claim they have experience and they run businesses in the ground and they generate and they make podcasts like this or humans like Ryan and I, who I'm going to introduce, who are actually hardworking, long-term entrepreneurs, they go and they're like, oh, I know it. I worked at this business and I had a successful thing and I did it for two years. I made all this money. That's not the person. They've never been through a decade of food and the ups and downs that happened within a decade. Milk prices, gas prices, egg prices, freaking pork disappearing off the planet, heritage, you know, you know, where's all the heritage pork? You know, where's all of the Smithfield pork, who owns those companies? Where did all of our seafood go? Like these are important things that are actually going on. And I'm gonna say to the audience, I don't care like where your expertise come from, but you should probably do a fact check or understand what kind of business they ran or how long they were an entrepreneur or how long they've been in the business they're consulting for. And just because they have a lot of followers on Instagram 
or TikTok does not give them the credibility of running a business for 20 years. I'm sorry, it's not the same. Uh, I just want to, the questions and comments about that stuff, it's not about that to me. Like the followers and the content, that will come in time when the content's right and people are actually, the right people are listening to it. And I don't need a million followers. I just need a few followers that listen to what is going on here. And it is way more than a few, but a few that actually go implement it in their businesses around the world. And those seeds, they could be a thousand years away or 2000 years away. It does not matter. And as a believer in God and Jesus, he was the greatest leader that ever existed. Wipe away all the religious part. Look at the leadership that still exists that stems from that type of servant leadership. Okay, so what I'm talking about is not something that's Justin Bizarro's great idea. I'm talking about something that was done like over 2,000 years ago and still exists today as the greatest leadership policies on the freaking planet. So when we're talking about leadership and podcasts and what the objective is, my objective is not to create false feelings so you like the podcast. My objective is to be hard, direct, and to the point. And yes, I curse. And yes, the guests curse. And we're hard-nosed entrepreneurs and we've been through a battleground. Like it's not easy on your body to be a food entrepreneur. I'm sorry it is not. The twisting, the turning, the ups and downs, the carrying shit, the weird fucking objects that are a thousand different shapes and sizes that never are easy to carry. It's fucking tough work. The only thing I can relate to it is CrossFit as a sport has prepared me to be in food. Weirdly, because I would, my body would be totally fucked up right now if I didn't do that sport and balance out my body. <sighs> sorry. That answers like a bunch of those questions. They were just at the tipping point of my thing. The point is, it's not to produce a f something. It's to relay a message. It's the individuals that listening in that extrapolate, hey, Justin, that thing you said about, you know, sanctuary pizza and like the idea that came from them starting their pizza concept in their backyard with the ovens, like... I decided here in Nashville, I'm going to go to the breweries and I'm going to get two ovens like that and a tent and I'm just going to start my own pizza thing and I'm going to use blah, blah, blah type of dough, a mixture of this dough and that dough to make my own unique pizza style. Cool, dude. Glad the episode helped you. We need more entrepreneurs in the world. You chase that dream, right? So everyone's like, well, what competition? There's Listen. Food companies go under all the time and there's only a matter of time before the right entrepreneurs with the right mindset, with the positivity in, in mind, become the entrepreneurs in the space. Like the cream rises to the top, they win the championships, that's the way it goes. And usually it's after losing nine games that they win the most important one, the 10th one, like I always talk about, which is the TKO of the other person. So the scoreboard may look one to nine, but at the end, it's TKO. So there's only one contender left. So it's really one zero at that point. That being said, Ryan Mondragon from Sanctuary Pizza Catering Company. How are you doing today from California? I'm doing pretty well today. Thank you for having me on again. Um, oh man, I'm on fire today, Ryan. You got, you got me on, you got me all pumped up today. <laughs> well, so it's a, it's a quick, quick question. So someone actually told you that they're going to start their little food business and start doing pop-ups at breweries. Yes. Is that, with no the way. pizza oven, yep. <clears throat> that's amazing. That's 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 gets me kind of like it, it, it fills a little space in my heart that makes me happy that people are like just going out there and, and doing that risk. Yeah, it's needed, right? 
Yeah. And so I want to I'm, I'm going to jump right in the first question because one of the things this person asked me is this question in person. And so why did you decide to do a food trailer instead of a food truck? Like why not make your whole business mobile and be able to travel around like with the weather and all that? We've talked about this. Why did you do a trailer first? Um <clears throat> just because it's it's that's what I had access to. Like I, I didn't have that much resources at the time. So I just was had to figure it out and like you know, you, I think we get to some people or we get stuck sometimes at like the bigger picture and and we have to look at like where we're at at the current moment. What do we have to do to get to that bigger picture? So if I had to get a trailer so I can carry equipment, then that's what I got to do, you know, like and could buy a car to pull that as well. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's the, it's the little things to get to the big things. And, and sometimes you have to do the things that you don't want to do. Or it's not like in your vision in the beginning, but that's 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 the that's the work that you have to do. I agree with you. So let's talk a little bit about where where we left off on the last episode, and we were sort of talking about like your you you had transitioned in the food trailer. You're now doing events and stuff like that. Like, so will you give everyone a beef? Like the Ed, like the really brief version of your history, how you got started, this the pizza stuff in the backyard to connect what we just talked about with the ovens yeah. and the pop up, and then I'll continue on with the questions just to get everyone. And you need to go back and listen to part one, everyone. It's on fire, yeah. by the way. But part one, it's really good. And like, I mean, I'm on a really good streak most of the time, and I like I love it when I re-record and I'm on a better streak after I've re-listened to them, but. Anyway, the microphone's yours, Ryan. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've, I've, I've worked in the pizza catering business for close to 10 years now. Uh, but <clears throat> during the pandemic, before the pandemic, um, you know, we were smart, supposed to start our 2020 season of catering. And it was supposed to be a really, really good year for us. Uh, the company I worked for at the time was called um, Traveling Pizza. And that's what we did. We had two wood fire ovens on trailers. And then we just you know, catered throughout the Central Valley and Northern California and, and the Bay Area on the coastal range. Um, <clears throat> we did very, very well. And when the pandemic happened, uh, we were all out of jobs. Like, there was no work for nobody. No one, like, think about it, like, 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 food businesses couldn't even stay open. You know, like, they couldn't sell food. Like, it was like, like, the worst case scenario for any type of, like, food business, like, you couldn't sell food to people like it was very very hard at the time so you know i uh i was trying to figure things out i had a gas fired uh, oven called the uni i bought it like in 2019 2018 never used it i just had it there sitting there because i just kind of wanted to play with it and and it, it kind of like just forced me to be like well i could still make pizza i still know how to make pizza so it forced me to just like oh you know, let's just, just, just have fun with it and you know, people were asking me if I if I'm ever making pizza from home, and and you know, and, and one thing led to another. I was just you know, started doing pop ups out of my backyard, and during the pandemic, and people would come by and pick up pizza, and and it, and it blew up to a bigger thing than it was, and then that's when I realized, oh, well, I can still be in the pizza business, and <clears throat> the company I worked for before ended up moving to Nashville like right away, so the the, the they sold everything, moved to Nashville, and started a business again. And now they're—I think—they're called Flower Forge and Flower in Nashville, Tennessee. 
and they're doing pretty well with the beautiful pizza truck now. But, um, but you know, I wasn't going to make that move. I was going to stay in and where I'm from and, and I was going to just make it happen because I knew that this pandemic was not going to be forever. And there was going to be a time where everything's going to open back up. You know, people are going to start hanging out and having weddings and doing these parties again. And, um, I just decided to start working. I didn't, I didn't let like, I didn't let a shutdown or a pandemic stop me from trying to keep on pursue what I really wanted to do with my business. What's your favorite part about your journey? I mean, the talk to me about some of the growth points like you really feel was a growing point for you as a human. I don't mean as your business, but for you as a human, like and what happened during those times? Oh man, I, I would say um, just like the like I just I became more of a student and like I went out there and I just started going out and learning, try to get better. I think that was like probably, you know, and I keep on getting better. The pizza keeps on getting better. I keep on learning more techniques, uh, and the people I get to meet along the way, like that's probably the number one. Like the people that I meet during this journey, new friends that I make, uh, new mentors, and just like attaining all that knowledge just from these people that I get to meet in this industry is probably like the, the number one thing for me. Like that's if 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 I stop making pizza today like i still have those memories with those people that 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 you know they're very hard to get in contact with or even just to do events with as well and i mean like talk to me about building relationships because we talked a lot about it before we started the podcast like what like it means a lot to you obviously like you've spent a lot of time and you grew up in the valley so talk to me about building relationships how has that affected your business what are the long-term relationships that have impacted you could we sort of just go through that because you and i have talked sort of a lot about that as well yeah i mean um you know i i I think being an entrepreneur and is really all about building relationships with people with your employees um with you know your food purveyors and just you know clients as well um you know especially in this business, like people are returning customers. Uh, they're going to come back and have your product over and over. And, you know, and you know, one of my favorite things to hear is like, is like, you know, when I have, when I hear a few businesses that have been around for 20, 30, 40 years, and especially in small towns where I live at, like, like, like you get to see like kids grow up. So like, like you might have a child that was born and then, you know, 10 years later, they're 10 years old and they're like, you know, and then 20 years later, they're going to be like an adult. And you're just like, and you get to watch that whole process, right? That's like one aspect of it. And it, and then you build this sense of community with food and your business. And, you know, and over time, people just, you know, they want to be a part of that. They want to be a part of something that's like bigger than just a you know, fast food chain or, or a um, you know, big corporate chain. Uh, they want to be part of something that's going to be, you know, more communal based there has more of a purpose and that's, you know, that they can connect with as well. I love this. And uh, let's go back to um, the type of pizza you guys serve. Like what's what, how did you make it? What's your dough? What are, what's your favorite pizzas to do? How can they find you guys online? Like, so I'm asking a lot of questions, but let's go through your menu real quick. Some of your big sellers, uh, how they can find you online. Yeah, um, you know, our, we're we're on every social media platform. I, I think that we're on, <laughs> but uh, but we're definitely on 
Instagram and TikTok, Twitter. We have a Facebook page. Uh, what else is there? I, I can't even think of anything else. But you know, we're on all that, and our our uh, our handles are all the same for all platforms. So Sanctuary underscore Pizza, and that's where you can find us. You know, we specialize more in private events uh, and catering. Uh, that's where my strength is at. Uh, but also we're looking to start expanding here throughout the state. And, you know, the goal is to be in a few different states as well. And for our pizzas, I would say, you know, as as, when I started this, like my own pizza journey in 2020, uh, I always looked at like at these expos that I would go to, these pizza expos, these competitions, and I would see these styles of pizza, and I go, wow, we don't have this where I live at. And people don't understand, like, this pizza, there's a pizza culture that that exists, and that's really, really cool, and it's really, really fun, and we have, like, some of the best pizzas that you're ever going to taste. So um, I think right now for, like, the styles of pizza that I do, like, we're, we're, we're just trying to learn all the styles. Right now we're doing heavily uh, pan-style pizzas like Detroit's, Sicilian's grandma and we have like our regular round pies that like it's kind of like a cross between like a Neapolitan and New York a little bit of crispiness to it but um, you know but more like artisan feel like I want it to be like like I want the look to look like it was made by, by somebody's hands versus like a machine did it I want it to be there's a connection from like from the beginning of a person making the dough letting it ferment for three days and then you know putting it in the you know in the oven or stretching it out like there's a there's a special thumbprint from every pizza maker that i trained and i've worked with that you know that's very unique it's all the same ingredients all the same dough but we all handle it differently and i think that's like the beauty of what i do and what i get to experience in this industry i love this and what is your like i just i think there's so much there so i mean pizza has become part of who you are it's like your obsession you're always trying to make it better so like how do you constantly explore doing things better or think more styles of pizza like where's all the creativity coming from you know the it just really from like a lot of my travels and just even like some of my colleagues from the united states like i go to new york a lot the east coast um i know vegas has an amazing pizza scene as well in LA, like, so, so a lot of people, you know, we kind of mimic what everybody's doing. You kind of see what's what's in in style right now or different flavors. Like, you know, even like, I just try to add things that I see in like, at my travels or my competitions. I'm like, oh, that's a really cool idea. Like, how could I do that, but differently in my own way? Um, so it's, it's always constantly like, just like seeing what people are doing. You know, and the, a lot of my big inspiration sometimes in the in the past was uh, like Latin style flavors of pizza, and that's what kind of like people knew me as in the beginning. Of talk Paris. to me about this. Pizza. Let's go back. To, like, like, I I want to talk about those. What is the? What do you mean? Yeah. I I really want to dive into this and the different styles of pizza, please, because this is part of yeah. the creativity I'm talking about that separates you from other pizza places. Go ahead. Yeah. So. I in the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, I wanted to create pizzas that were close to flavors that I grew up eating. Up, you know, my my family's from Colombia, South America, but in the part of ta- town I grew up in is heavily uh, Mexican influenced, and so I grew up like eating a lot of Mexican food, and you know they have a lot of great different sauces, and a lot in Latin America we have we, we have a lot of different sauce 
based type food. So I'm like, well, we can put this on a pizza. Um, and one of my favorites, like sauces that I love, that's from like Mexican cuisine, is the uh, mole. Mole is like a, like it's like a 42 ingredient, like spices. And Please, will you explain what it is? It's my favorite thing on the planet, actually. And I, I'm yeah. like a huge smothered burrito person after living in Colorado. Believe me, but yeah. like still, mole is my favorite. It's 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 hands down like one of the best things I've ever had. And there's like there's over a hundred varieties of mole, which is so crazy. Um. But it's, you know, there's like dark chocolate. There's, you know, there's going to be some like, you know, pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds. There's some like dried chilies, some bananas. Like there's all kinds of stuff in this thing. And depending like which style you make, um, it's all like, you know, cooked, boiled, uh, uh, blended up. And it just, you get this really thick sauce, like almost like a very thick, like tomato pizza sauce. But it has so much depth, flavor, and it like (laughs) with so many different ingredients it's like it's it works somehow like it just makes everything good like and uh you know my friends would tell me like oh you can put mola on a pizza i'm like yeah i'm like well why don't you put chicken on it i'm like well i go i don't want to put chicken on it i want you to taste it with just the cheese and and the and the couple like you know ingredients on it like i don't want to do a chicken mola pizza that's just that's just like fucking drooling i'm fucking drooling and as much as I think that would be good, but I always tell people like, well, like, okay, like, well, what makes chicken mola so great? And they're like, is it the chicken? And like, they look at me like, they're like, they're confused. I'm like, no, like, the mola makes everything great. Like, you could put mola almost on anything. It doesn't have to be chicken. It could be on potatoes. It could be on bread. Like, the chicken does not make the mola. The mola makes everything. That's the that is the the foundation to make everything great. So let's put it on a pizza. Let's add some, you know, pumpkin seeds, some cilantro, some pickled red onions, some Mexican Oaxaca cheese. <clears throat> and that that's the pizza right there. Like I want people just to taste the mole and the bread and how like it works together. Yeah, I could do one with chicken and I've done it before um, and it's good. But also like, <clears throat> like for me, it's like, you know, like it's the sauce and the dough and the cheese, like the simplicity of all those ingredients together coming as one. I love this. Um, I'm just, I'm like, uh, like, I can't even imagine. So let's talk about more like the Latin style. What other styles, like what else do you put on your pizza then that makes it different? Because I'm like, this is really fascinating to me because I know everyone thinks pizza has to be traditional, but it's no different than a sandwich. It's merely a vehicle. Bread is merely a vehicle of food. And so a del- for, a, a, I should say vehicle for the delivery of food to the human mouth. And, but talk about it a little more because I really like this. And based on your background, um, you know, this is important. I think you're, you're, you're hitting your roots and attaching it to your passion. Yeah. So, I mean, I go back to like, like the, the soft based type foods in, in like, like, you know, Mexico, Colombia and parts of South America. Um, you know, in Mexico, there's a, you know, tomatillo salsa, the green salsa is really, really big. So I'm like, you know why can't i put that on a pizza so i started doing like green tomatillo salsa with um mexican carnitas with you know some some like ginger pickled onions and and uh cilantro like i saw my instagram i just can't remember what's on it so I, I i really haven't been making those salad pizzas in a long time but um but that's what i was doing in the pandemic so people were just like just all about it and then the salad pizza is that what you said people are all about it like that's uh like the green salsa like yeah the, the tomatillo salsa yeah 
like so we're adding we're doing pieces with like that salsa i love salsa i love all that see that's the type of stuff i'm talking about it doesn't need to be a tomato base or whatever like there's so many i mean pesto is obviously on there and alfredo so it makes sense like i'm just so i love this and i think like there's going to be a whole like almost like secret menu to the sanctuary pizza of like the latin flair that maybe maybe happen like a in and out burger yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it it, it goes it can go even deeper than that. I mean, you, like you, I, did, I did a pizza with um, uh, what was called um, it's a Peruvian dish and it's called papa hayocana, which is like hurricane potatoes, and it's a yellow, it's a yellow pepper with the cheese, like a yellow cheesy pepper sauce, and it's probably one of the best things. I think like the best things I've ever had, and I, you know, I made a pizza with just that sauce and like sliced potatoes. And a little bit of like crumbled cheese on top, and it was like the best thing ever. And I never took a picture of it because we, we just annihilated it. But like that's that's the stuff I like to make. Um, you know, in, you know, every culture has something that you can be like, oh, how could I deconstruct this, and how would it look like on a pizza? And so, <laughs> how did that turn out? I love Peruvian food also, but I like um yeah. like I love Peruvian chicken. I like the spices. I like the dry rubs. I like the potatoes, I like yuca a lot. Like that's a big thing for me. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you're integrating all sorts of stuff onto these pizzas. Like the, I mean, even that Peruvian sauce, I think about all the time that they used to dip chicken in. Like that would be great on a pizza. With in mm-hmm. that case, you would put chicken on the pizza. But yeah, yeah. Um, it, I mean, it, it, it was it was great. It was it was it was always the hit. Like people always wanted to try those pizzas and. Um, and I just, you know, like I it got to a point where I, it was for, for the business side, it was hard for me to do that for a catering aspect. So I had to simplify my menu, but also keep the standard quality high. So, but I think if I, once we do find a spot and we're looking for like a storefront or like a ghost kitchen concept, I think I want to get more into those styles of pizzas again and, uh, and bring those back. I'm just kind of like, hiding them in my back pocket waiting for the proper time to like to, to, to showcase the world that these flavors on a pizza again oh man i am like <laughs> i like and now i'm like i need to, we need to just hang out for a day and make pizza together um yeah uh, that's one of the things i really like about the pizza business is that the camaraderie and the the flavors and <laughs> Like putting arugula on pizza, like I love arugula on my pizza. I also like anchovies, which no one really likes. So it's funny because a lot of people on the podcast are like, what's your favorite pizza? I'll make it for you. Well, it's very weird because like I've been in the kitchen and I've done whatever. And, you know, I'm a Brooklyn style pizza person uh, from the, you know, New York. I just like that style, like big freaking pizza. Like I can fold in half and like the freaking grease of the cheese dripping off of it. Yeah. But I like three yeah. different cheeses, and I like ground meats, like scattered across, like ground bacon, ground beef, and ground Italian sausage, like spicy one. And I like a spicier marinara sauce. And I like, I definitely like peppers and onions and like mushrooms on my pizza. But it's like the anchovies for me, which is people are like, oh, anchovies. I don't know why, but I have the that there's the taste, like a weird taste that everyone dislikes about anchovies. But I love it, like Caesar dressing. Like I had a Caesar dressing pizza the other day. It was phenomenal, and it had real Caesar dressing as the foundation on the bread. And they toasted the the bread was like it was pizza, but it had almost a croissant, like a, not a croissant, um, a crouton, like 
type text like flavor profile with the Caesar salad, chicken Caesar salad pizza. And it was phenomenal. And I won't drop the name because they're not on the podcast and I have never talked to them and they're a chain. So I probably will not ever say their name, but it just happened to be needed where I was and it was like quick food. And I was like, holy crap, this is good. Um, But it's like ideas like that that I think are awesome. There's like Buffalo Ranch pizzas and there's, you know, blue cheese bacon and barbecue pizza and you know, I just think there's so much there. So I'm just oh, yeah. fantasizing about all the pizza I want, guys. Sorry, I'm taking up podcast time by fantasizing about my pizza dreams. Well, the, the combinations can go wild, you know. And and you have to almost cater to your community, like um, to the palate of your, your community sometimes. <clears throat> um, and I noticed that, like, in New York, like, it's a very simple palate, very Italian-heavy um based like flavors you know but you do have like the chicken you get your buffalo chicken pizza which is very popular in in new york but for the most part it's very it's very simple like it's like cheese basil pepperoni like you that's like that's like the palate in new york and that's pretty much nationwide but also like there's other pizzas that are like really cool like you know like vodka sauce is kind of like making a comeback i love vodka sauce too i agree with you 100 percent so and I I love it. I make I make a lot of vodka sauce pizzas now. Like that's one of my, my pizzas that I do on my menu and I provide. So you know I've I, I've had to change things uh, for catering just to simplify it, and so I don't lose my mind uh, in the prep kitchen. So <laughs> I don't want to have like four different menus for uh, four different parties, which means like I'm prepping like as like, I'm prepping for for days and and ahead of before this event versus where I could have a streamlined menu for everybody and you get to experience the same pizza where like where everybody's like oh like you know like people will always ask me oh do you do pineapple pizza like, i have nothing against pineapple pizza i love it but i go no i don't do that but also like these are the styles of pizzas that we'll do and with all these ingredients i can make much more with it and <clears throat> like people well, i've never had stuff like that before mike i just trust me it's going to be amazing you if you never had burrata like i'm gonna put a burrata on, on pizza you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna die for it. Like, I know, no kidding. Burrata is a freaking phenomenal yeah. cheese. Yeah, it's phenomenal. No, and no one here like has it. Like no one does it. You know where where I'm at. And then even ricotta on pizza, and then adding hot honey. So I I kind of lean more into like what is in style in pizza, just from like what my peers are doing, and then what I see at the pizza expo. And I kind of just like like leaned on that just to build the business and and it's uh, still unique and different compared to what people are used to seeing here where i'm at and you know even i think throughout the whole united states not a lot of people are doing that it's just like a very small community of um pizza makers who are like really into those styles of pizza and bringing those type of flavors out all right i love this um let's talk a little bit more about let's dive a little bit more into like how do you weigh like you're a budding entrepreneur like you've worked hard you gained this skills like you're now building this business and i for budding because the bloom period is really not even happened yet like you're just building up to this yeah. massive bloom how do you manage relationships how are you managing your time how are you building a business and because your business is growing very rapidly and you are taking on things and your Instagram and your reels are, are getting momentum. So how are you managing and balancing your life right now? I mean, I think the reason I asked this is because I want to 
counterbalance what we normally talk about, which is like a different side of being an entrepreneur. So I'll get into that as you answer the question. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I would say, you know, it, like after last year that I, I had to really sit down with myself uh, in January and kind of realize like, like what do I want more in life and what, and what do I need to do to create that? And, and like how much time am I going to need to do that? So and really, like, it comes down to delegating, like just, you know, having, you know, just having the right people come in and just do the jobs that you shouldn't be doing anymore, um, you know, and focusing on the most important things in your life. Uh, you know, last year I took a, a seat, a back seat on my, you know, my health. And so I got a little, put on a little extra weight. But, you know, like it, sometimes you have to almost hit those like lows to know, to know what you really want. And, um, and, you know, I, it was, it was, you know, it's having that like tough, tough conversation with yourself and even with like your families and, or your girlfriend or boyfriend, wherever, you know, wherever that is for you. But, um, you know, and, you know, and seeing where, you know, what's the next step because, you know, like we don't, as entrepreneurs, we don't have like that, um, that safety belt that most people have. Like, you know, we don't, we don't have, you know, 401ks all the time or when you're first starting out you don't have all these things you don't have insurance right away you might you might go without insurance health insurance for for years just because you know if you're still young you really don't need it like you'll probably be healthy you know but it's you know that's the risk that we have to take um but you know as i'm, I'm as i'm gonna be 41 this year like i i there's the my core values and what i consider what i need in my life has changed so um and I don't, I don't want to go down that path again. I want to do better for myself and then, you know, for my family and, and loved ones as well. And, and I think here's an interesting thing. Um, hmm. Like I have two beautiful stepchildren from a previous relationship. They're incredible. Um, and, uh, I mean, a f- future step son-in-law, he's a, pretty incredible athlete as well zoe and john are incredible crossfit athletes everyone should go follow them on instagram the uh zoe p warren and and john wood 32 but the um but what i will say is what i've come to understand and i've really focused like i started business at 18 years old my father had a basement business partners and like even in college when I was dating, quote unquote, like I think I had a few relationships in there, like no girlfriend could or person I was dating could ever fathom what I was doing as an entrepreneur and being in school and playing soccer. Like it just was too much for anyone. Like I, school was already enough for most people. Like for me, it just wasn't because I didn't focus on the classes that didn't matter. And um, and just got knew how to get by in those classes and excel at the ones that did matter and I needed. At least I could rationalize it that way. Um, but so two relationships almost my entire entrepreneurial career, like married and then engaged and like so 24 years. But what now that I'm an entrepreneur and I've been single for so long, my perspective is weirdly different on how to approach all of it. One, two is, is like, I'm like a 20 year old in a lot of cases, like, I'm like, what do you mean you don't be direct? Like, I don't understand all these rules and these games that people play. Like you want to be with each other, but you don't act like the, 
the couple you want to be when you're together at the beginning. So you're creating this false thing and then hoping it turns into this thing you want, but you're not going to act like it now. I'm just like, what? Like, that is just too much for me. Like, you know, this is where I'm like <laughs> a little bit on the spectrum here. I can't rationalize the logic of this behavior. Like, and that's very hard for me. But one of the things I will say is that as an entrepreneur, I've really come to learn and understand what distractions and disturbances and the friends and the individuals are the people that try to enter your life that actually care and actually understand you as an entrepreneur. There has to be a merging. There is not like a come in like a wrecking ball and like we need to all of a sudden talk 24-7. Like if that happens, an entrepreneur loses their business. It's a distraction. It's a disruption. And I've made that mistake myself by allowing a new relationship to come in and be a distraction disruption because I didn't have life experiences. And that's no one's fault but my own. And, But what I will say now as a single entrepreneur person that's sort of exploring this world that I do understand that my responsibility as an entrepreneur, this is where outside dating, it's hard unless the person's an entrepreneur or a hyper achiever in some way, like there has to be an entrepreneur aspect because a counterpart can't possibly understand how much responsibility you have as an entrepreneur. You have everyone else's dreams inside your dream. Not only your employees or your team members, but the vendors. Also, weirdly, your clients and your customers because they come to you to fulfill some part of their dream or their lifestyle or eating or wedding if you're in catering. So these things are very hard anchors in an entrepreneur's life. And a very successful, well-rounded entrepreneur that will make time for family and will find a way to make things happen needs the time for someone to merge into the life and then the entrepreneurial ingenuity to then make the adjustments to still make the highway go. But not only that, if this if I'm an entrepreneur and I'm merging you into my life, you better help me move the cars from 55 miles an hour to 80 miles an hour. Like that's what our teamwork's going to do. And yeah. for each other, your cars are now faster, so are mine. And we merged our cars together on a larger highway, you know, and then try to put a family in there. And I understand that in a different way now. And I understand perspective and selfishness and what it truly means to care and be in entrepreneurial relationships. And I talk about it in this podcast because before something would ever happen or if I ever moved forward and I didn't say this now, I would regret that I didn't deliver the message to a lot of people. Like I'm very fortunate. I'm 43 years old. I'm healthy. I'm in shape. I work out. I have a lot of discipline. I, I had the right mentors. I've had a lot of bad shit happen in my life for my growth. Like it was for me to become who I am. And I was able to learn from other people's parenting and an ex who was a, an amazing mother and parent to her kids. And like all those things stack up. It's just as an entrepreneur, we realize that life is about a stack up of skills and it's not about in a, an abruption or an immediate transformation or trajectory change. It's about emerging. And while things may look like we're making rapid adjustments or pivoting hard, the reality is, is it's not quite as hard as everyone thinks it is. Like 
someone taking yeah. their pizza concept and moving to Nashville from California, even though it sounds reactionary, it did take thought and there was research done because everyone knows that Nashville is now the hottest market to bring in food trucks into. So it was yeah. thought out. So like that's just an example of something we talked about earlier in the podcast and I'm anchoring it, which is moving the food truck business from California to Nashville or Tennessee. If you want to talk state to state, it's that. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know if you want to com- comment on that, Ryan, because I really went on a long commentary, but I just really wanted to anchor what we're talking about. Well, I mean, you hit it, you hit it on the button, you know, it's just, there's, there's a lot going on, you know, yeah, at the, at the end of the day, we're still human, right? Like we just, we just work, we're independent. We work for ourselves. Uh, we have a certain lifestyle that's, you know, a very small percentage of people will only understand or experience it in their lives. So, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, it has its perks, it has its downs, but it's like, I don't know how to live any other way than to be independent and work for myself or start a business. <laughs> I know you were making like a thousand dollars a day on fucking DoorDash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's fucking hard to do. Believe me, I've tried, like I've tried yeah. like to really push my limit on in doing it. And Seattle's been my best push in a 24 hour period. Cause I like, I'm competitive. Once I got into it, I'm like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to try to promote the podcast. And I like the money. Yeah. And like, I'm like, Holy crap. Like I can't keep challenging myself, but I mean, I w- I don't have time to do it anymore, but it's, um, it's just a cool experience. And I recommend that anyone, I think we talked about it last time is go do it. Like DoorDash is such a humility, humil like making you humble. Um, what's the, yeah. I don't know what the, gives you humility and um, yeah. gives you an understanding of the food business. And as an entrepreneur, if you're going in the food business and any sort of delivery or customer service, you probably should understand the gatekeepers in the business now. <clears throat> Just yeah. saying. Um, it's one of the reasons I did it. It's like such an important part of businesses and restaurants and stuff now. So, Ryan, what does the future hold? Like, where do you want Sanctuary Pizza to go? We started talking about it a little bit last time, and, you know, we're like, that it would take a whole episode, and we may have to take a third episode, but what is it that you're really trying to do right now? How do you see the building blocks? Like, you travel all over all the time. You should come to Nashville. We should hang out. But yeah. um, It's in the works. <laughs> so tell me about what what are you thinking here? How How's it going? Like, where you are now, where do you fear the future has in store for you? Um, you know, what, where I want to go with sanctuary is, you know, my, my intention is always just to like, like growth and empowerment and not, not just with myself, but, um, with anybody who wants to be a part of this journey that this crazy journey that I created. Right. And, um, I want, I want to have like a business that, that, takes care of their employees, a culture that people want to be a part of. And I would love to see it in, you know, throughout the state of California. Um, I would love to see it in like the, you know, a few different states, like definitely Nashville um, or, uh, you know, North Carolina and, you know, Denver, Texas, you know, all those, you know, those, those, I have a top five list of states that are doing very well. So I'm like, well, maybe we can go test the market out there as well. Um, and a lot of them are like non pizza states as well. So it's like they don't have like the pizza culture, like I do see in New York's or 
well, not I mean that's not as competitive as I. Think I know be, Nashville so. is one of them. They're like I know the pizza game is starting to up and rise, and people are getting into it, but it's not strong here. It's not strong. Yeah, it's so, it's yeah, getting stronger. There's some guys coming in, but I agree with you. Go on. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, I did, it's, 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 but I apologize. That, <laughs> it's okay, but that's where I want to go with that. I want to I want to bring like a certain level of quality. <clears throat> and um, you know, I would I definitely want to thank everywhere I set, you know, a flagship store at, like you know, or a store or a ghost kitchen or a catering company, and like it's gonna, it's not, we're not just taking away from the community, like we're definitely gonna give back, and we're also gonna empower like employees. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna raise leaders. We're gonna, we're gonna just keep on growing with with the company, and people are gonna grow with the company as well. Because I can't do this by myself, and also I, there's so much talented people there, and people who don't even know that they have the talent to be, a, you know, an entrepreneur or someone who can just run a company like this, like you know, just given given a, a space and a platform for, for people just to grow and be empowered. I agree, it's like and it's like uh, it's awesome. All right, Ryan, I got one more question for you. Um, what? Like, let's talk about core values. We talked a little bit about it before. And like, let's talk about leadership. Okay, so I'm going to, it's going to be two part question. One is like core values that you value in yourself, uh, you value in other people, or you value in people that you want in your business, and the core values you want your business to represent. So that's a very broad question, but it maybe all ties together. And then the second part of it is leadership, like mentors, who do you look up to or in leadership quality? So I can ask the second part again, but let's just talk about the first part and that core value across those different dimensions. Yeah. I mean, like a lot of the core values that, you know, that I, that I like or what I look for people is, um, you know, honesty, like how, you know, how do they show up and how they, you know, are they honest? Even when they, you know, when they make mistakes, do they do they take, you know, accountability, which is another core value or responsibility for what they, you know, they did. Um, that to me is those are like some of the big ones that I like that I value a lot in my life personally and with the business, um, you know, and you know, just also like you know, family core values too. Is like, like I want to have a business where it's not always just work, work, work. Like you know, you, I want you, I want people to have time to spend with their family. And, you know, and create these relationships with their family versus like, you know, always constantly being on the grind. You know, I think there's, I don't really believe in work-life balance, but like, I know that, you know, in the, in the labor world, there is a, there, that kind of exists. And I want that for people as well. It's, it's, it's bigger than me. You know, it's like, I always tell people like, I don't, I don't chase money. I just chase greatness. Like, I'm just trying to be great every day. Uh, the work-life balance, I'm going to touch on that real quick. I agree with you. I, I think that pe- there's the non-entrepreneurs seek this, but as an entrepreneur, there, it's not, there's no such thing. Like you're, if you are an entrepreneur, you have a visionary thread and it runs through your family and your business because of those core values and because of your long-term yeah. goals. Your long-term goals for your business and the impact it's going to make should be the same as you're going to make with your family. I'm just saying in your community. And if you do yeah. that, guys, like that's like, it's not very dimensional or diverse, but I will tell you being hyper-focused on a few things that are similar for your business, similar for your family, similar for your life. I mean, it matters significantly. So 
I'm just saying, uh, you can think about it. I'm, I'm not going to get into the logic of it, but anyway, it's like, you don't need distractions. Like if you're watching the news every night, uh, guess what guys, I understand what's going on in Ukraine is important on a dimensional level, but if it's not part of your job, it's not part of what should be on your fucking plate today. Sorry. You want to know about yeah. your local news? Fine. I could maybe argue that if you have kids in school and stuff like that, probably important, but it's more of a wasted space in your mind. Like it's not being focused on where you're going. Watching the news doesn't get me to, I want a nice house. I want my grandchildren to be able to pay for college. And I want us to be healthy, long living, core value, family legacy driven individuals. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. And it's a weird mindset, but like I will watch TV every once in a while or sometimes it's on because of white noise. But like I never get through whole shows. I just, for some reason now in my life, I'm just like, it's not part of what my goal is. It doesn't get me where I'm going. And now I'm watching shows, ultimately travel shows, food shows, because TV is part of the long-term picture here in my life and doing those shows and um, being a part of those shows. So like that's like, okay, I'm going to watch TV. What is it that I'm doing it for? Where is it getting me? And I think Ryan would be like, oh, I watch TV. It's called YouTube and it's pizza nonstop or reels. <laughs> And so, (laughs) so, I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about, right? What is your focus and where is it going? And there's this great clip of, um, gosh, who is the Olympian that won all of the uh, swimming medals? The Um, Ryan. I can't can't remember his name, though. Uh, Yeah, I know you're talking about, though. I can see him. (laughs) I can see him, too. Um, Either way. But there's, he's always focused on the goal. He's never focused on his opponents, and his opponents were always focused on him, Michael Phelps. And, yeah, um, Phelps. and, um, and it's just one of those things that's that type of mindset. He kept winning because he was only focused on the end result and beating himself, gaining distance on himself every day, which meant crushing his opponents, weirdly, which is true for everyone. You crush yourself, you gain distance on yourself every day, you will automatically crush your opponents by not focusing on them, by focusing on your own goals and where you want to go. And I'm pretty sure Michael Phelps wasn't worried about what the gymnastics coach was doing in China. No, he's worried about swimming you know, against himself. And that's what I'm talking about. Regardless of the news, he doesn't care. He's swimming, you know? Um, Wow. Okay. Let's go to the leadership qualities, mentorship, like some of the best mentors you've had in your life, some of the best leadership you have in in your life. And what are those skills? And then like, ultimately, what are your, uh, what are your best skills? What leadership skills? Uh, my my best leadership skills is um, you know, well, I, well, one of my strengths is just you know I can go anywhere and network with anybody and just tr- create those relationships, um, which I think is important, especially for you know small businesses or any business in general. You know, you, you just walk into the room and you know you can just talk to anybody and you get to know them right away. You know what they do, what you know what. What the, what's their plans and stuff like that and just have those conversations right away with people um, you know or if you know if it's just you're at your local coffee shop and then you know as soon as you walk everybody's greeting you they want to talk to you you know people want to know what's going on with you like people are really interested to talking to people like that so I mean for me that's one of my biggest strengths I can go anywhere in my home in my hometown or in the next town's over it they'll know who I am even if they don't know me like like I've gone I went to a pizza shop not too long ago uh, in the next town over 
you know, and, and I was sitting down and I, I, I didn't say anything. And she started asking me about my business because she already knew who I was. I'm like, I didn't even know this person. Like, how does this person know that I do pizza? But, you know, they follow me on social. That's the power of social media, right? You know, they follow me on social media. They're like, they're, they like what I do. And they're just, you know, they're excited that I'm at their pizza spot to have pizza, you know? And, uh, you know, and just, you know, now that relationship is built. Now when I go in there, I, like, I remember that person's name and, and yeah, I remember our conversation. So like, I'll never forget that person. So I think that's like a, a big aspect of my strength is just, you know, being a people person and showing up for people and holding space for them uh, and seeing them for where they're at currently in their life. And, you know, not, not trying to fix anybody. I just, you know, just, just acknowledging people where they're at. I agree with you. And I think, um, from a leadership standpoint, like networking and being able to do that, like I'm extremely introverted, which is interesting because people are like, like, like I don't drink and I can like go to a bar and network with anyone. I can also be like, fuck off, dude, you're drunk and get the fuck away from me. But it's also like a weird thing, like, um, being able to have composure in your life and being able to have equanimity in a situation to be composed no matter where you are and be able to network within that environment. It doesn't matter whether it's a bar. It doesn't matter whether it's a, a PTA meeting. It doesn't matter whether it's a networking event. It doesn't matter whether it's the pizza show. It doesn't matter whether it's your kid's um, friend's bridal shower or whatever. Like you, like that skill from a leadership standpoint is so important, which I had to work on as an introvert. Like I just didn't talk to people. Like I don't imagine doing the podcast even like seven years ago is a little bit like, I can't believe like this kid seven years ago does this. I mean, talk to employees, motivate people, coach them. Sure. Internally, I knew them, you know, but to do it as I do it now, no way I would have been petrified which is interesting because I'd been an entrepreneur by that point for like 17 years, uh, at least in the food space, not including mowing lawns as a kid and running fruit stands. So, hmm, uh, leadership. Like, is there a leader that you've ever, like, I don't know, um, someone you think about as a leadership that you idolize or that you're like, I would like to be a leader like they were. Is there anyone like that or it's sort of just pieces and it became that I want to be the leader I want to be? It's, for me, it's always been like pieces. Um, I definitely, there's, you know, there's, you know, you see, you see people that, that you look up to and like entrepreneur, like entrepreneurs or just people within your community, like, and I, 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 I admire a lot of their leadership skills and I just take what, what I like out of it. And then I just kind of make it into my own way. Um, I think that's the beauty of life because we, you know, on this journey, you know, of life, we, we meet so many great, amazing leaders and people in, in our lives that make a deep impact. Like <clears throat> for me, it's like, I, I would be doing myself a disservice if I just try to be like exactly one person. Like I need to, I'm I'm molded by a, by hundreds of people in my life who've been in my life. So it's like little bits and pieces of of everyone who who's um, impacted me in many ways is how I navigate through this world. Um, so I think the beauty for me is uh, just having all these different people that I meet and like kind of like sharing their story by the way I navigate through this world. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And I think you're the type of person, Ryan, that nothing stands in your way. If like, I need to get something done, I'm not going to procrastinate. You're just going to get it done. And I think that that's part of the leadership that you embrace is that exactly. And um, I'm going to leave you with this. If there's anything you could say to anyone or any future leader or entrepreneur. And, you know, if there's anything you could say to any future entrepreneur or leader, uh, Ryan, uh, what might that be? I know um, the signal went in and out there a little bit, so I'll ask it again. Um, The last question I have for you, and I know that was the other one, but I sort of want to tail off is if there's any advice you give an entrepreneur or future entrepreneur from a leadership standpoint or trying to find their own core values or leadership values, um, what would you recommend? You know, what's worked for me is just showing up to like community events and, you know, even if it's like, you know, going to a yoga class or group fitness class and just putting yourself out there and just talking to people and see what they're, what they're doing and what's working for them. Uh, You know, working on, working on like your, your, on yourself too. Even don't forget about your mental health, like, you know, take care of yourself all those things are very important, and, and then you know, those are what is the foundation to to grow from there. You know. Yeah, the mental health is a big deal. I don't think we emphasize it enough, and I think don't think entrepreneurs take it serious enough. Um, yeah. And I will say this: there are things out there. I believe it's called BetterHelp.com. Like mm-hmm. I will be fully aware. Anyone can freaking probably. Used against me, but that shit does work, and it's cheaper, and you can meet weekly than going to a therapist, and it's online. And the modern world, like COVID, expedited mental healthness tools like this. I hope eventually we all discover that the answers are within us, and we have to use less mental health tools. But that's a whole other yeah. story. But well, you got to you got to attain those tools, though. That's the thing. You got to go those tools out. <laughs> bingo, and we don't get them from our parents usually anymore, no. or society, or teachers, or life, or our tribe passed down to us in our community. Tribes don't raise us anymore. Uh, so yeah, we have to go seek them. Um, unfortunately, yeah. and especially after COVID, where we're now less personal and less relationship based, and weirdly, a lot of what COVID did was squeeze out the worst parts of our personality or the worst family patterns that we just have to address and turn into superpowers, yeah. you know? So, yeah. well, you, you said, you said something that really like hit home to me. It was like, you, you have to go seek these tools. Right. <clears throat> and that's another thing I've always seeked out like mentorship. I always seeked out knowledge. I've always tried to seek out uh, things that I need that that's going to help me grow because I didn't have that growing up. So like, I knew I have to go seek it. And if I don't seek it, then, I, then I'm never going to get it. I'm never going to get better. I'm never going to get to that next level. So having that, that, that want and need to get better and seek for that knowledge is like a key factor for any entrepreneur, in my opinion. I 100% agree. Like I can't even, I don't even know how to tell you. Like I still seek it because like I always yeah. want to know that I'm the dumbest person in the room for lack of a better term or not the smartest. Like I want to have all the tools, but I'm always seeking more. Like I'm always seeking more and my decisions usually are very foundationed or foundational in listening to those around me. Like I can really tell if people are a little upset or a little off or or whatever and um I can also tell when people get greedy or get whatever and you you understand that bad situations, bad things in life, we squeeze out some of our bad qualities 
um, and as leaders and as mentors and as entrepreneurs, we get to help with some of that stuff. We get to give yeah. people courage. We get to give people stability and structure if they choose it and get to say, hey, man, I know life's tough right now, but you could probably just use some structure. Come to work every day. I promise you, if you show up to work every day at 830 and 5, I know this job sucks right now, but trust me, you will love this job if you just have discipline and you will grow being around me. Just show up. And it's really hard for people to believe. But as the entrepreneur, I now understand that I have the power and the leadership to influence them. And part of the deal working for me is I will freaking unlock your potential. And listen, I'm paying you, but you're really the one benefiting in the long run off of what I've been able to do over my life. And that's not cocky. That's not being whatever. That's I fucking crushed life. I fucking been through the war. It sucks. I've had more wounds than anyone's willing to go through. I can help save you from some, but more than likely, I'm just here to let you know that you're not alone and give you some tools along the way so you can use it to fight your battles because you're going to have to fight them. There's no shortcut. Period. Yeah. You know. You know, no, no one's going to come save you at the end of the day. No one's, yes. no, no one's coming to take Not in a relationship, day. not anywhere. It's no. the saviors within you. Yes. Or, yes. you know, a relationship with God, but still within you. So, yeah. You know, it's, or a relationship with the universe, however you want to look at it, higher power, powers, yeah. whatever. But, um, Ryan, I really, every time we get on a roll, it's like, okay, um, we run out of time. I'm going to – I'll get you back on the podcast uh, at some yeah. point. I really like what you're doing. I hope you come to Nashville. Maybe we can do it in person. Yeah. And I appreciate you. And so with this, I'm going to say this. Everyone in the audience, I love you guys. Like I really – this podcast has been a lot for me. Like I struggle a lot with it on certain days. Like is is my effort worth it? Is all the time and, and money and, and everything that I spend to do this having the impact? And, you know, I get it like in any entrepreneur, I can get too caught up in what's going on right now and lose sight that I'm really doing this for the legacy long after I'm gone. And that's why these entrepreneurs are on here. So I struggle the same struggle all of you guys have. Like every day, like I can still be human. I'm still human. I just use discipline and focus and daily visioning and praying and gratefulness to sort of get through that stuff. And I do realize now that when I meet people in their 30s or their 20s that I just developed a skill and their lives are always going to seem like chaos to my life because I weirdly have had the discipline and the consistency to find structure. Even when I feel like all of a sudden my life's chaos, it's not chaos comparatively. And that's what I'm talking about, like developing the leadership skills, to being an entrepreneur in this space, the mental health, the tools that we give. Um, I'm probably off on a tangent, but it's important that we we have this and it's important that we give it back. And what I am saying is I'm just like you guys. I can forget sometimes that the tree is amongst a forest and the forest is amongst a planet. And so... Yes. I love you guys. Thank you guys for listening in. If you like what we're doing, you want to help Ryan, you believe in what Ryan's doing, you should share this episode. Give it five stars on Spotify, on iTunes, on anywhere you guys listen to the podcast, especially on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. But 
It helps when there's good ratings. It helps when people write reviews, particularly on the episodes related to the entrepreneurs you guys are supporting. So thank you everyone for doing that. I love you guys. And Ryan, like I cannot wait to meet you in person. And I really do want to get out to California and try your pizza. I have to be out in like Glendale-ish area okay. in, um, in March for a wedding. And so I'll, I'm going to try to figure out maybe how to get a trip in where I can visit some of the food entrepreneurs out there and get some videos and maybe do some other episodes as well. So if not yeah. Nashville, maybe Cali. So yeah, definitely. Absolutely. That, that, that sounds good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening again. Uh, and again, you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts or on Instagram at just the food entrepreneurs. There's also a number on there. You can text if you want to be on the show or you have questions and you can DM us as well. Thank you. And we're out. Awesome. Thanks. (laughs)